Good morning, afternoon, or evening. Please delete as appropriate. Hello there. This is Material Podcast, episode 187, and I am Andy Anatko. And I'm Florence Ion. Oh, hello. It is, it's getting warmer here, finally. It was um, 8 degrees. Did, did, were you outside during the blood moon? Because over here it was 8 degrees with a minus teen something wind chill factor. So I went to Chicago this weekend. There you go. Which, where apparently there was supposed to be like a harrowing blizzard, but it was just very much like it just it was it just dumped and then it left and then like the day we left it was sunny and snow everywhere, which was actually kind of beautiful. And then I got home to torrential downpour, so I did not see a blood moon because it was raining here. But I'm not complaining because you know drought, California, etc. And so now, <laughs> now it's the kind of it's. Now I can't talk about it because I'm not going to do this to you. I'm not going to tell you how nice it is over here right now. I'm not nope, going to do that. That's that's perfectly fine because uh, again we 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 are member we are we are Puritan hardy stock. We are God believing fish harvesting people here in New England. Uh, we understand that the universe is uh, mostly indifferent to our suffering, and so <laughs> we dance. We dance, Flo. We dance. We also dance. We just dance uh, in sheets outside underneath <laughs> the blaring sun. And uh, then we sleep on the roofs of our vans at night. Hippies. I love just, the, I love stereotype. Anyway, I love stereotyping. See, I, I just see, I, I just, my state. I, I just love that <laughs> once, once you go, once you go back in history, you realize that it's the same story, just rolling around on the same wheel. It it's is, just that, it is. whereas in the '60s and '70s, like you people were sleeping on top of your vans because you were hippies and sun worshippers, and now it's because that's the only space you can afford to rent that, in the Bay Area. Absolutely, <laughs> you can't even you can you can't even afford to live inside a van. You can only yep. sublease somebody's roofs and yep. th- then throw an air mattress on top of it. And that. if you're lucky, a communal party potty, party potty. <laughs> Whatever, porty potty, um, or or as or as or as we as we call it in, in San Francisco, the Tenderloin District. Oh, yeah, that's it's sad. It's sorry, bad things happening there. Well, let's okay. uh, uptick, uptick. Okay, uptick, uptick. Uh, so I, I got so speaking of the cold weather, I had a uh, we, we we have in the building like one pipe. That we should all collectively sort of keep an eye on because is that a steam? Do you have the uh, uh, radiators? No, no, no. no. <laughs> I don't but even it's, know it's like it's just like a, it's just like a water pipe, and because this is an oh. old, this is like a 1910 building, at in its hundred year history, it sometimes like well, the best place to put a water pipe rather than having to dig through like a foot uh, yes, thick yes. wall of like that's packed with horse hair. Someone said, "Okay, well, why don't we just put it like on the hall, like here?" And so, would you use for insulation? <laughs> There, Sorry. Yeah. Again, <laughs> it's it's uh, New England architecture is interesting, interesting <laughs> stuff. I was the illegal. I was one half of my family's extended family's illegal contracting team between myself and my father. Myself and my father, we have renovated so many family members' houses and apartments. That it no longer surprises us now. Now, now, when we see uh, if I, if I break into a wall to like uh, create a door or to like restore an opening that was supposed to be there a hundred years ago, and I find a dead cat, 
or a, a, oh. a, a mummified cat, I no longer think, oh, poor thing. It probably just got like trapped inside there and or just crawled in and like couldn't find its way out again. Now I know that no, no, no. What this is if this if this wall is as old as I think it is, then that means that there was like the the tradesmen who were who were immigrants in like 1902. Like if they thought they knew there was good luck if they if you had a dead cat in the vicinity to like put a de- put a dead cat inside the wall for good luck because it would attract the bad. Sp- I don't know. You'd, you'd have to be like a 1902 immigrant from the Balkans or something to know what that mojo was about. But we yes, have to I put a warning about this in the podcast notes. Yeah. Well, again, uh, you know, if you yeah, a lot of people are there, they're doing, they're subscribing to those DIY YouTube networks and uh, they, you know, that you got to know what you're going to come and see. You just got to know what you're going to see there. Uh, but so, oh, okay. So I'll, I'll get back to what I was, what I was saying. So we, so we got this one pipe that we kind of need to keep, keep an eye on because it's kind of yes. near the front door uh-huh. and it's not well insulated. And this is like the, if there's a pipe that's going to freeze up when the temperature gets to, I don't know, eight degrees, this is, this is what might, ha- might freeze up. And so, uh, so I, I started thinking like, uh, oh, well, I don't, you know, it's, it doesn't make much sense for me to like keep coming out when, when the temperature is really, really low to just like, you know, fire my laser uh, infrared gun at it to get it, to get it. I should, there should be some technological solution, particularly because I got this automated home sort of thing going on. So I started looking at, well, what can I, if I put a nest thermostat and if I put a nest temperature sensor, or if I put a third party thing, and these were all like either way too expensive for all I wanted to do is check to make sure that this pipe is at least in the 40 degree range. Mm-hmm. Or it was not that much more convenient than, again, going, spending the 30 seconds to a minute to just go down the uh, downstairs, fire my laser gun at it and see what was, was going on. And so I wound up actually finding out that I could probably build what I needed for like $15 because I, I I have always have a, I have a lot of fun doing like Raspberry Pi projects. I've got like at least like six or seven Raspberry Pis, um, either doing things around the house or just like in boxes because I just like to play with these things. And so I started looking at I knew there you know there there's sensors for just about everything, and but I didn't know that a certain temperature sensor was so simple. It's just three wires and a resistor, and you just plug. And there's like it's such an easy. Th- component to work with you can buy them pretty much anywhere so i bought like a uh one that's sort of encased in like a temperature probe sort of thing for i bought like three of them for like six to eight dollars so i could play with them and there's so many people who have like played with these that there's all kinds of code libraries you can just sort of cut and paste in and realizing that uh, i could probably put something together that would let me configure a raspberry pi as a web server not only that, but with a like data visualization package built into it, so uh, so that all told, I could create a website accessible from anywhere in the world <laughs> that would give you just a temperature gauge, and here is the current temperature reading of that of that darn pipe, and. I'm uh, I'm saying this because a it's fun to learn things. I've I've, yes. done, I've I've done lots of things with Raspberry Pi. There are a couple of things that are going to be new for me. I've never set it up as a permanent web server. I've never used this data visual visualization package. I've done a lot of electronic stuff with it, but that's that's part of the fun of Raspberry Pi. Where any project you do, there's usually like fifty percent stuff that's well within your wheelhouse, and fifty percent where you're going to have to like learn. But 
every single thing you could you can conceive of has been done by somebody else so you can at least cheat off of their 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 work while you develop your own work um uh, so a an encouragement for people to play around with raspberry pi and microcontrol is go to adafruit uh a d a f r u i t if you haven't heard of it oh, yes. system it's like it does everything that radio shack was supposed mm-hmm. to do in the 1970s then mm-hmm. they not only like sell electronics they de- they develop their own like boards and accessories and uh, it's not like a, a a sales site it's like here's a tutorial on how to do this and by the way if you want to buy the stuff from us here's how to get it uh, but it's but it also kind of disappointed me that there isn't just a simple way to throw a inexpensive sensor somewhere to just be able to tell me remotely what temperature is what what's the temperature somewhere from a phone um there are a bunch of things that kind of do it but not quite correctly not quite the thing that i want to do and so i'm willing to put in like a afternoon of sweat equity to build something that is exactly what i want rather than as has happened in the past like buy two or three different <laughs> different like uh, uh mass market things and decide that you no know, number one doesn't work at all number two kind of works but now i know what to what words to google for when i'm looking for the third thing and the third thing doesn't work perfectly but works well enough and i'm sick and tired of boxing things back up and sending them back to amazon so i'll stick with this one also notice how uh, i buy sneakers online well i have a much easier time buying sneakers than i do buying these sorts of things that's for sure (laughs) i was just on amazon looking for motion activated lights and i didn't want any that connected to anything i just wanted a little motion sensor to go on you know like the kind that you plug in um in the hallway and i couldn't for the life of me find like just be able to pick between one uh to know what to get and why does everything have to be so hard? Yeah, no, it's it's terrible. It's I, I a while ago I had to I had to sort of like teach myself to give myself three options and three options only because I'm uh, you you it sounds so familiar what you're saying. It's like I, I just want a motion activated light. Well, I have to find I, I have the tools at my disposal to find the best motion activated light ever made the sort of motion activated light that's future proof and built so that you buy one and it lasts forever as opposed to you could so you spend 30 dollars for the best motion activated light or you can go to the to the home depot you can buy something that's blister packed like four for twenty dollars and they'll break once every year and a half but then you'll still have three more to pick and that's you'll have and you won't and you won't stub your toe on, on your way to the bathroom anymore yeah well, I just wanted to like put up some closet lights. Like I just want something when you open the door for all the lights to go on. Like, wow. Uh, I do think about how now that we have smart home, you know, internet of things that you can like buy all of these things that for as easy as they are to set up for even the most uh, tech novice, they are also quite intimidating and sometimes a bit of an overkill compared to just like, you know, regular old motion sensing with some, you know, AAA batteries and a little light. And it just, I just wish that there were a nice medium for everybody. Yeah. I, I, I've had that. I keep coming closer and closer to buying like a Nest thermostat for this, for this quote, new place unquote that I've li- been living in for a year and a few, a few months now. Um, uh, but every time I get to, well, it's going to be 200 bucks. 
And I think, okay, well, maybe I'll just be a little cold at the wrong time of day. And, fi- <laughs> and finally, I just want to say, well, what if we were to take this really, like, the, the, you know, that that kind of stupid looking LCD Honeywell thermostat that has that like, was already in here? What if you were to like write down the the, the product number? And then Google for the PDF file instructions, then read those instructions, and then find out that, okay, it's not smart, but you can tell it to change. It, you, can, you can program like four different times of day to make a temperature change, and that's really kind of all. I, it, it doesn't matter that's not smartly figuring out what time of day am I active and what's the temperature changes through the – it's like it's okay simply to say – I'm not mm-hmm. going to be drop the temperature down to like the mid 50s overnight because I'm already in bed under a comforter and in like in a heated blanket. Try to get it up to about 60 degrees during the middle of the day. And by the and by the way, here's the button I can push to bring it up to like habitable levels if I'm having guests over. And it's I'm a little disappointed because I kind of didn't want to use the 2002 LCD non-smart thermostat i really wanted to have a new toy with an oled display and a dialy thingy and a phone app that will let me turn on the heat when i when i leave uh, dallas fort worth so that my house will be nice and warm in nine hours but yeah sometimes we sometimes we or i'm okay i'm not gonna say we sometimes i lose sight of the goal in terms of ooh new toy ooh no 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 no. i don't want that that only has an led display no, no, no. This is LCD. completely fair. You know, I have this, this the pricey doohickey uh, connected to a very old heater, a, a heater that's that's pretty much as old as I am. And um, it's not really helping in terms of like much energy efficiency, except to make sure that the heater isn't on when we're gone from the house. But yeah, all that stuff about like the AI and like making all of these guesses for me. I don't use any of that stuff. I just want to be able to have it turn on automatically. I turn on, I turn off the heater overnight and I leave it off during the day. I only pump it before dinner and early in the morning. And so I have little Google assistant routines for this, which is very cool. Sure. But I had to pay a lot of money to get that set up. And then I was thinking about how much other stuff I set up to have that particular ability accessible from wherever I am. And I have to tell you, I'm starting to feel some extreme sensor fatigue, like just <laughs> and connectivity fatigue. Um, and so that's something that we will definitely be talking about in the next coming weeks because I told Andy before we started the podcast today, because we, you know, we like to catch up to warm up our voices and to just kind of warm up because, you know, you get in a zone when you work at home by yourself. You, you, haven't, and, you haven't actually spoken to a human in several hours or in my right. case, maybe not a day or so. so yeah. Yes. We need uh, to remember I've spoken to, to a cat, but not a human. There you go. And so, you know, we were talking about I've been like uh, – Conbury method my entire house because I watched Tidying Up and that's like the thing to do now. Thank you, Netflix. And with that, I'm thinking about all the things that don't spark joy. And actually, Stacey Higginbotham wrote a blog about this, I think, last week on her on her site about like how I think it was in the newsletter just about like IOT fatigue and just like taking out the things that don't spark joy. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, that's definitely where I am. And the reason I bring this up is because even something as simple that like you piece it together, like the principle of that sparks joy because it, because it, it, 
it solves a problem for you that you need to have solved, which is you need to keep track of that pipe. And you want to be able to do it without spending gobs of money. And I just... Anyway, I'm I'm making this very existential and about me. Sorry, Andy. I took over no, your... No, no, it's... it's <laughs> make it about me. <laughs> it, it is a tough thing. You're speaking as a man who had to spend <laughs> several months last year going through literally oh, every yeah, single right, thing he owned. Oh, yeah, that's right, when you moved. See, and at least so, you got to move and do that. Yeah, it's... And, I have to do this and live here. Yeah, See, it's, it's 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 hard. Like I've I've been uh, I've been keeping the new place tidy. It's not been uh, it hasn't been a problem, but I have to I have to say the first couple weeks uh, the first couple weeks I was here before even uh like uh my I the first move was just like uh, I hired the movers just to bring in like basic furniture so I'd have here the bed I have a, I have a, I have a bed I have an office I have a sofa. And I have to, and I took a few weeks to get everything else packed up because that's the stuff where I wanted to make sure that I'm not going to take like 18 different spatulas when really I could get by with eight spatulas. Uh, oh, and only three spatulas I was holding on to for sentimental reasons. Yes, I'm that kind of person. But I have to say that during those few weeks, it was very, very pleasant. It was like living in a hotel room. Everything I enjoy about like travel is just about. Gosh, where where is my where is my um, the charger for my watch? And just being able to like sit up in bed and look around the room and be able to see it because I've only brought like one overhead bags worth of stuff. And if I can't visually, if I can't put my eyes on it in thirteen seconds, it means that I must have like thrown it away or given it to some church charity at the airport. I don't know. And and now I'm I'm once again at that point where. I'm not necessarily losing things, but I might I might spontaneously on my way out decide that you know what it's not so cold that I need that insulated vest that and that and that's the reason why I'm going out without wearing an insulated vest underneath my jacket not because I'm really not sure where I left it the last time I took it off I certainly didn't hang it up on the hook where it was supposed to go and so yeah so there's something like that going on uh <laughs> let's see there's a, a quick quick note we keep uh, kick, uh, hitting back to fuchsia the new mystery operating system that will bind and unite and free us all from google that unites mobile platforms and desktop platforms and she's a platforms. superhero fuchsia <laughs> yes. she's here to help unite us to unite us all across platforms all, all i can say is whether this thing gets released or not i can finally pronounce fuchsia without having to put pa- pause for like three seconds to like sort of mentally sound it out first oh yeah that's right yeah that was that it took a while it took a while now, now i understand okay, how, Andy. Now, now how bad it is when people get introduced to me in kanako andy it did not go it's fine uh yeah, so <laughs> So just as another data point that this is something that you're going to have to continue to be aware of uh, and that this is no this is not a research project this is clearly something that Google has a big investment in uh they recently did a very cool or interesting acquisition hire uh they uh, hired away a 14-year Apple veteran Bill Stevenson uh who is now going to be looks like he's going to be kind of like in a senior position of bringing fuchsia to market, uh, he basically his 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 goodbye tweets say, hey, "Excited to start uh, to to start uh, bringing fuchsia to market." Uh, to and uh, then his job starts in February. 
Uh, but uh, that's not a name that even as an Apple geek or an Apple writer that I was terribly familiar with. But uh, when you look at his resume and what he's been up to, his he's not like, hi, I'm in charge of developing printer drivers or I'm in charge of the German market for uh, for app services. No, he's like always been in positions that involved, OK, we've got to get out a new version of Mac OS ten. And his jobs have sometimes been a little bit heavy on working with uh, in-house their own developers to get things out on schedule. Sometimes it's been a little heavier on coordinating with hardware teams, sometimes a little bit heavier on uh, making sure that outside developers know what's going on. But the thing is, his jobs were always like everything all at once and maybe with one focus over the others, but always with an awareness of so basically, he is a person with lots of experience in taking an operating system and getting the damn thing released on some sort of schedule with some sort of level of usability. Uh, so the fact that he would have that uh, Google would have hired away something someone with that particular talent set, um, interesting. Instead of grooming somebody from inside, because they've put out a few operating systems on their own. Uh, but that also, uh, it, the fact that they didn't apparently, or excuse me, one, one of the reasons why maybe they didn't go for someone from the Chrome OS team or the Android team, maybe because this is not Android and it's not Chrome OS, it's something brand new. And Google, uh, from a management perspective, decided that we need the Chrome OS head exactly where he is or she is. We need the mm -hmm. Android head exactly where he or she is. This is something brand new, so we need a new person uh, yes. to who who is not going to have their time split between all kinds of different goals. But it, it is interesting. Remember, like we we're talking about when we were talking about last year, or was it the year before for the first time? It was like Google saying, "Oh no, we're just doing a research project." Uh, uh, like many research projects, it might lead to an actual product, or it might just lead to, might just be a moonshot or one of our twenty percent thing. No, no, clearly this is something that they are betting part of. The, they're hoping will help them out in five years' time. I am looking forward to whatever this is going to be. This is this actually makes it pretty exciting to see that Google is pulling in people from, you know, other other sectors of Silicon Valley to kind of come in. And I think you made a pretty good point about the fact that probably is really smart to just hire somebody new for this position because because if you are making some new plans, you probably should bring in some new brains, some new perspectives, yeah. people from, I mean, OS 10 is extremely popular. So why not bring somebody who, uh, you know, is familiar with getting that sort of thing to scale and getting people to really resonate with it. And I want, I want people to feel like they could resonate with Google stuff. And I mean, that's, that's ultimately how you make a quality product or a quality piece of software or a quality operating system. So it's we still we still don't know really anything about how it works. There've been a couple of which is why I'm just speaking in like yeah. non-specifics. <laughs> well, see, it's, it's, it's great because at this point we have no hopes. That so there's no hopes that could be dashed. So we have no conceptually. fears. Exactly. <laughs> it's like it's just no. It's it's just a future thing that is just a a cloud. <laughs> that, that is off on the horizon Pink cloud we don't even know if it's a storm cloud it could be a puffy friendly cloud that looks like a looks like a ducky mm -hmm. when it comes overhead mm -hmm. so no need to worry about it but it but uh, something definitely to be paying attention to it kind of ups the stakes um lastly though we were, we were talking last week about uh how wear os or i guess we're saying that 
it's not as though I think it's terrible. I don't want to speak for, for you, but it's just that I kind of had money put aside in my sock drawer for getting uh, for uh, getting my uh, a replacement for my semi-broken Moto 360 uh, second edition. And I just didn't see anything that was happening either with the hardware or the OS to make me really want to spend that 300 bucks. And I was maybe leaning towards the tick watch. Uh, Yasmin uh, Evian uh, did a tweet at us that she is, quote, rocking a fossil, unquote, and suggested we take a look at it. Uh, as it happens, 9to5Google uh, last week also posted a review of the fossil sport, calling it, quote, the best Wear OS watch for most people, um, which is... Okay, credible. I mean, as when I read the review, I'd, I'd seen the Fossil Sport. I hadn't spent much time with it. Two hundred fifty bucks. It's got the Snapdragon thirty one hundred, which is the marginal upgrade from the twenty one hundred that we've been dealing with for the past three years. Um, has uh, you got your GPS, you got your heart rate monitor, you got your NFC for Google pay, uh, Google payments. The thing that kind of attracted me to it was that it has, uh, a, a, in addition to the one, I think, uh, hardware platform action button, uh, it also has two, a button above it and a button below it, and those two are customizable. So you don't have to scroll through the interface to get to an app or to get to a feature that you want. You can just tap this one button, um, that's desirable to me and 255 bucks is roughly what I would want to spend for a fitness watch slash smartwatch. Um, but it's still, uh, I'm gonna, it's, I, I will, it's, I, I will sort of like put an alert for camel, camel, camel to say when the, if this were ever to be like a deal for 200 bucks, let me know. Otherwise I'm in no rush. Cause again, it's just not terribly exciting stuff yet Yasmin told me uh to look at this particular model but not the sport version she said she said she shells she shells <laughs> by does she okay sorry she said uh what did she say today what i think she told me to get gen 4 mm. sorry everyone now i'm looking this up exactly. <laughs> <laughs> as am i um, what did she say? The thing is the fo- see, the fossil watches, so much of them are, uh, well, it's also 255 bucks. There, there, there are also, there, there's so many fashion brands that use fossil. It's like, oh, this is not the Michael Kors one that has like the fake diamels that came from, <laughs> from the, from the Joan Collins collection or something. I don't remember. I think she said it was Gen 4 that she's Gen wearing. Gen 4 Smartwatch Explorer yeah. HR Brown Leather, 255 yeah, bucks. Yeah, and she said it's super, like, she liked it. And I am, I guess, I, I think I need to, yeah, Gen 4. I think I need to uh, kind of reassess my smartwatch strategy this year because I realized that I've been pretty... I've been pretty negative about Wear OS, but it's not because of... I just want to say that it's not because of Wear OS, the software. I actually think the software has really improved eons in the last couple of years. And I think adding things like complications and more just sort of interactive uh, abilities has made it a better smartwatch platform. It's just the problem is that everything that's been out just hasn't been comfortable on me. Yeah. And so I just, I really just want something that's comfortable. And so the reason I stuck with kind of like these cheaper brands is because they would, 
they would pare down some of the features. And so the watches would be smaller. And so I'm like, well, I would rather get something that does the basic, but I, I really would like for this year to be the year that I kind of find my way back to Wear OS and just, you know, I want to be able to wear a watch. <laughs> like yeah. it, It's really, it's cool to wear a watch. Yeah. I, I, I'm, uh, <laughs> I, I want to add one to my accessories. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm in sort of the same boat, but I'm in a better position because uh, I'm a dude. I'm also mm -hmm. like a, a dude with like thick Russian slash Eastern European body type. So these fossil watches don't look ridiculous on me. Um, but I, I see I keep I keep sort of waffling between uh, like a modern uh, Wear OS watch or like the Fitbit Versa, like a f I like what Fitbit has been doing where it's we are we're making a fitness watch but so so we don't have to be we, we don't have to be limited by the burdens of having this huge powerful like watch operating system so we can make them slimmer we can have battery life that goes beyond a couple of days um, and yet we can also steal just enough smartwatch features that it's kind of relevant. So we'll still give you notifications, actionable notifications. It'll still uh, let me control my music for my Android phone without having to take out my, my phone from my, my pocket. Uh, I can have a, have a watch face that looks like a little kitty <laughs> and interchangeable watch bands. And it's less expensive, well, 200 bucks instead of 250 bucks. So maybe we're, maybe it's cutting hairs a little bit there. But yeah, it's, it's hard. Actually, I, just, I think I want this watch. Yeah. The Versa? Which one? No, the Fossil oh. Sport. Yes, yeah. in pink. Because it says it's swim proof, first of all. Second of all, it. I mean, what I need is a wearable that I can take out with me. I mean, all right, we we can table this discussion for now because I definitely am just waffling back and forth here. But I'm just I'm I'm really close to pulling the trigger on one of these. Yeah, see, and part and part of it is like where <laughs> we, we we've got that weasel on our shoulders that's saying that oh, but but you're but you write about this sort of stuff. You should you should be getting the more expensive one, the two hundred fifty dollar model that runs the no, OS. Oh yeah, no, we also have like real life things to pay for. <laughs> Like You're, the site smartwatches, like my, my weasel bills. is a bit is more more weaselly than yours because they can say, "Ooh, why don't we get the the generation four venture? It's totally stainless steel and it's only thirty dollars more." Stainless steel, come on now, Andy, yeah. it's not gonna rust. I and I well and I'm and I do <laughs> I do acquire stains even on my wrist. So mm -hmm, that's mm -hmm. you. So stainless is a is a really good idea. I just I just wish that there that there were a Wear OS watch or a feature in Wear OS that got me either ex as the same sort of excitement that I got when I first tr when I first heard of and then tried the Night Sight feature uh, of the latest version of Android on my Pixel phone, or basically any time I see the new revision to the Apple watches, because. Dang, those things are nice. Even if you can't get a kitty on your watch face without just slapping in a photo and calling it a day, they're nice pieces of hardware that get you kind of excited about spending $250 on a gadget watch, or at least get me excited. Andy, would this be a good time to get our listeners excited about our sponsor for this episode? Yes, after teasing that we've got more to say, of course, about Fossil. This will help keep people tuned in. Mm-hmm. How how far away are we from people like not knowing what we mean by tuned in? Because you're not tuning anything. You're just 
This is like when I was thinking the other day when it was when it was raining and I got home on Sunday, like the TV used to not work when it would rain back in the day. Like it would go out. Like yeah. you couldn't tune in because it was too wet outside. <laughs> okay, we, I, I promise you, I promise, listen, we will go to the ad. I just have to end. I just have to like clear this flag by saying that I used to watch Mystery Science Theater 3000 like when they were first airing. And so that wasn't over the air. That was like over cable. Uh, but of course, we're talking about standard definition. And oftentimes, the only way to get Mystery Science Theater 3000 was by literally exchanging tapes with people. There was a tape exchange. Every episode actually ended with the, with the, with the legend, you know, thanks to the Teachers of America, and then keep keep circulating the tapes because that's how the the show was getting popular. People were yeah. people who didn't get Comedy Central. So what I'm getting at is that all of my, like my what's imprinted into my brain of watching these classic episodes is watching terrible cable broadcast or like a third generation dupe and now you've got uh original broadcast masters that are being part of streaming packages not only that but some dude has begun sourcing like uh whatever movies that they were riffing on like the giant giant gila monster or whatever they were like uh, in the in the past like 10 years somebody has like released it on blu-ray so he's like ripped the blu-ray and then matched the the commentary to like the new blu-ray so now like when the when like one of the 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 damsels in distress is being handed a letter that she's being forced to sign like oh my god i can't, I can't even concentrate on the jokes now i want to freeze from because now i can actually read the letter and it's the freakiest thing. Oh it's yeah, like I've that's been, right. It's like I've been given like super, and it's like I I had no idea how I thought this movie was really really cheesy, but now the print is so good I can actually see like one of the crew standing in the background, bored out of his mind, reflected in a mirror while something supposedly exciting is happening in the foreground, and I can see the marks on the floor for the camera positions where they didn't be able to take anyway. So it's. It's it's fun to suddenly have like suddenly have superhuman sight when it comes to these things. Okay, but we we promise an ad and an ad we shall deliver. This episode of Material is brought to you by Squarespace. Make your next move with Squarespace. Squarespace lets you easily create a website for your next idea with a unique domain, award-winning templates, and more. Maybe you want to create an online store. Maybe you want to create a portfolio. Maybe you want to create a blog. Squarespace is an all-in-one platform that lets you do just that. There's nothing to install, no patches to worry about, no upgrades needed. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff because Squarespace has got it covered. They have award-winning 24-7 customer support if you need any help. They'll let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name. And all of those award-winning templates are beautifully designed for you to show off your great ideas. Anytime somebody comes to me and asks, hey, Flo, what's the best way for me to start a website? You know, I started making some stuff and I want to sell it or at least kind of want to put pictures of it on the internet and let people know what it's all about. I say, hey, why don't you give Squarespace a try? Because Squarespace plans start at just $12 a month. But you can start a trial with a no credit card required by going to squarespace.com slash material. When you decide to sign up, use the offer code material to get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain and to show your support for us here at the Material Podcast. Once again, that's squarespace.com slash material and the code material to get 10% off your first purchase. We thank Squarespace so much for their support. Squarespace, make your next move. Make your next website.
Okay, back to fossil. What a, I didn't I didn't know what to make of this when the the news was first announced. I don't know how you reacted, Flo. Uh, but uh, so Google uh, decided to. I can only put it as they decided to spend what comparatively seems like a piddling amount of money to buy mm-hmm. some of Fossil's intellectual property and to acquire some of their research and development staff. Um, $40 million, okay, that's not a, it's only a piddling amount of money if you are buying half a million dollar uh, Da Vinci drawings or your Google. Uh, what I'm saying is that $40 million, compare that to the $3.2 billion they spent to buy Nest, uh, $1.1 billion they spent for HTC's smartphone uh, division, uh, to say nothing of the $12.5 billion they spent on Motorola, but this wasn't an acquisition of the company. That was just an unspecified piece of technology that Google apparently wanted and that apparently Fossil was okay with selling, uh, plus some staff that they felt as though Fossil could do without. I don't know whether they were essentially they were uh, exclusively the people who would steal lunches out of the break room fridge, no matter how clearly you label them. Or if they're actually like really, really on the ball uh, sort of people. Uh, so all we know is uh, there was just a, a simple press release, uh, joint press release from both people. There wasn't like a huge like announcement sort of event sort of thing. Uh, all we know, all, the only details we have are that uh, the technology in question uh, is something that Fossil has been developing for four years. Uh, it's an evolution of something that uh, Fossil acquired when they bought the the, uh, the fitness watch company misfit in 2015 they paid 260 million dollars for them um and so that led me to go back to see what misfit was all about back in the day and they were pretty much fitness and fashion focused um they uh uh, wearable w-a-r-e able we'll have links in the show Mm -hmm. notes uh had a really has the best coverage of this because they talked to uh, a uh, fossil vice president greg mckelvey who described it as quote a new product innovation that's not yet hit the market so indicating that this is it, this is not even something that we've seen in an Apple Watch yet. Um, he also was careful to call the deal a transaction and not an acquisition, hmm. which is vice president level nothing speak. It was a transaction in which they agreed to they wound up acquiring something maybe. Uh, but I, he was I think he was saying that no, they're not buying the company. They just decided to here's here's something yeah. we've been developing here. You can have it for forty million dollars. Um, and so he uh, another longer quote from uh, Greg McKelvey, uh, again courtesy of Wearable quote. Right now we're focusing on finishing off development of the product. He said, referring to the thing that they sold, uh, the Fossil Group will bring the product to market f- across our full breadth of brands over time. And then in true Google fashion, the technology will be expanded across the industry over time to benefit all. Uh, they also spoke to, uh, Wearable also spoke to Stacey Burr, who is Google's pretty much head of uh, Wear OS. Uh, she says, quote, we saw some technology that they were developing that we thought could be brought out in a more expansive way if Google had that technology and was not only able to continue to use it with Fossil, but bring it to other partners in the ecosystem, unquote. Uh, quote, she, uh, it's about bringing great features to the widest numbers of on-the-go consumers. So clearly this is a in, this is a specific feature or a specific I don't know, resource that uh, kind of like a, the, the round watch face that they were developing with Motorola that Google eventually said that, gee, this, this is, this would, this would be a great thing for the platform to own so that any watchmaker could take advantage of it rather than it being a fossil exclusive sort of thing. 
Um, and that kind of makes sense because um, because Fossil is really uh, they, they've been doing very very well. They're I think they're the number one uh, uh, smartwatch maker f- uh, with the uh, Wear OS platform. Uh, but mostly what they've been doing, mostly their success has been to be the the group that licenses uh, the, uh, develops licenses with uh, fashion brands. So they they develop watches for uh, Michael Kors, DKNY. Uh, basically, all these all these high end sort of uh, uh, designers and makers. So maybe they're just not. If if they were all in on uh, on fitness watches, maybe they would say, no, no, no. We want to make this the this is, we want to own the entire market segment. So maybe it's just that hey, we can make some money off of this. We can be first to market with it uh, and go forward with it. But still, kind of a mystery. I'm, I'm guessing it's going to be fitness oriented rather than anything else, based on the genealogy of the uh, of where this technology came from. What do you think? I actually don't think. I mean, I don't know that it's going to be fitness oriented because Fossil is. I mean, yes, they do have fitness. Uh, they do have fitness verticals, but from what I know of them, they're very like style centric and style. Yeah. Or at least that is where they're and and just look at the brands that they own. I mean, they or excuse me, the brands that they're doing the what the wearables for. They're doing wearables for Michael Kors. They're doing wearables for Kate Spade. I mean, these are like massive mainstream fashion brands. I have been saying this, and I think this is actually something that was echoed. Um, Ars Technica had a really good write up about this. Uh, this quote-unquote transaction <laughs> and what it should mean for Google. And I mean, I could I could imagine that they would bring something like Project Soli to a fossil watch and have that be like, here's this name that you know, and here's this cool tech that you've never used before. Because think about like the Google Glass, if that would have been launched primarily without, you know, without like the you know the big google like this is a google product but instead what if they would have waited and then had it immediately debut or excuse me initially debut during like Diane von Furstenberg's fashion show like to have that happen first versus second gen product do you see what i'm saying because it yeah. establishes this idea that not only is this like a fashionable thing that you'd want to wear but it has this next gen tech that is like super cool, yeah. right? And it's like, don't you want to wear, don't you want to like buy this and wear it and show everybody the super cool, like <laughs> new ability that you have with your wearable? And so, because I just kind of feel like the whole health thing, as much as I'm sure that like Google is doing a lot to bring that to fit and to like expand that and to bring more integration going forward, it just doesn't feel like that's going to be like the thing because Apple's already established itself in that way. And I mean, we even see like the headlines that are saying like, Apple's going to make sure that you get your healthcare subsidized if you wear one of these things, right? (laughs) I could just imagine Google being like, well, why don't you wear one of our wearables? Because then you could do all this cool stuff where you don't even have to touch it. You could just like... yeah pinch your fingers <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm i'm pretty excited about the about project solely um it's it's one of those puzzles that you kind of want to wrestle with for this a is all bit. conjecture by the way exactly this exactly. is all we don't 100 conjecture i have no idea what's going it could it could just be a watch and then it, well, it has, whatever it has to be something that's worth 40 million dollars to google 
Um, it's maybe maybe I'm overthinking this because we're recording this on Wednesday, and the next episode of the Masked Singer is probably going to be on in about four hours or three hours here on uh, here on the East Coast. So, ooh, okay. Remember how like the unicorn was holding like five like toy unicorns. So does that mean that he that like he was she's in a girl group and it was like a girl group with like five different people like Danica Kane or something? It's um, but you go, you you have to. I start thinking about how if this is something that affects the whole platform, it can't be something that would be hard to really, really hard to implement via hardware, or it has to be something that's so broad and so obvious that uh, everybody would want to have it, like uh, uh, like like the uh, dual display technology we've seen on TickWatch. Which is what if we have like an LCD, a regular LCD panel that's transparent on top of the OLED mm-hmm. panel, so that we can have two things operating in the same way? Uh, or maybe it is just like a soft, a way of analyzing fitness data to be proactive, and it would be like a software thing that any Wear OS watch uh, would be able to handle if it's running the right processor. It's uh, and I can. If if anything, the fact that they that fossil is so uh, so fashion oriented is kind of what makes me think it must be a fitness sort of thing, because uh, they they've it's it's like a, a steakhouse that has suddenly developed a really really incredible new technology for washing dishes. And mm-hmm. they know that's a really, really potentially uh, successful product, but they're a steakhouse. They're not in the business of making industrial <laughs> kitchen equipment. So they're more than willing to sell this technology that they've developed that they haven't been able to bring to market yet to a company that is in the dishwashing business. <laughs> and it's, uh, that will make them some money and will give, make let them still, I don't know, so stuff stuff like that. I, I, find, I find it easier to believe that it's something that they're just not interested in. Uh, developing as part of their own business mm-hmm. then it's something that they could they could work with but uh, i i'm i'm kind of disappointed that so much of the coverage <laughs> there's the first day coverage in which we, we say oh, well here's the press release and here's some speculation and then on day two we have to have the think pieces on it i'm not denigrating other people i would be i'm also the person who's writing like the i've had a couple of days to think about this now here's what i think so much of the coverage has gone to well it's not going to save wear os because it's a piece of crap and it's going to die anyway. They're not nearly as good as the Apple Watch. So isn't it pathetic that 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 Google is still trying to make Wear OS a thing? And if anything, it reminded me of that Wear OS is doing something that's unique. It's like if you have an Apple Watch, it can only ever be an Apple Watch. The thing on your wrist is, oh, I see you have an Apple Watch. Whereas maybe you want to have a watch with that has uh, smartwatch features and fitness features but DKNY styling or uh or uh, Michael Kors styling so it's not necessary it's not a, a Wear OS watch it's not a Google watch it's a Michael Kors watch so and that's i think exactly. that's i think that's what what they bring that's unique to the table yeah i think uh we're going to see this we're going to see this evolve a lot more in the coming months. I think we're going to have a much clearer picture by Google IO time this year about what's going on. And I think this is just going to be finally, this is just, I think this is going to help a lot. I think it's going to really, I think this is going to be a year that we, we saw kind of the baby steps of like these little things that Google has been doing to kind of be like, look, you know, our name, you know, our company, and you should also be using our stuff. And this is kind of a great way to say that, like, you know our name, you know what we're capable of. And by the way, like, we're around. Like, we're here. Yeah. 
See, like we're in the Macy's department store, really. Right. It's like, hello. Like we're in Sephora. Buy a Google Home Hub. It'll teach you how to like do makeup tricks, you know, kind of <laughs> things like that. It's it's really fascinating to me yeah. to see that. And, you know, now when I, like this morning I was looking, this is just a little anecdote uh, that I would like to offer. But this morning I was just kind of looking at like my little area, my little makeup area that I have by the bathroom where I grab all the things that I need. And I have the Google Home Hub right in front of it. And I was just like, this is exactly, this is exactly what I'm supposed to do with this thing. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, you're just, you look at something, you're like, oh, I get it. This is probably like, you know, in the initial marketing meetings where they go, this is the consumer and this is what their life will look like. Like, it's my little makeup station. No, you're, you're, <laughs> you're absolutely right. This is. And I turned off the lights from it, by the way. <laughs> no, you, you are absolutely right. It's, uh, I, I can't think of many, uh, many products that have so quickly and so successfully integrated themselves into solving just moment by moment problems uh, as the Google Home and yes the Amazon smart speaker too but where this is a Google show and I'm using Google yeah, Home stuff we don't talk about Amazon but, here yeah but yeah it's it's like it's it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't seem ridiculous that I have <laughs> I have a smart speaker in the bathroom and I have a, a I have and I have a I've, I've repurposed my Google Home my Google Home Mini to be right next to like a, a two feet away from me, like on the nightstand, even though I already have a Google home max in the, uh, in the bedroom, because no, no, this isn't the thing that I I'm, I'm sick and tired of. Uh, I, uh, I already had one and it was just doing nothing. And I realized that when I wake up and I want to know like what's the weather, I don't necessarily need to have the room filling sound <laughs> that reverberates the walls and beautiful dynamic bass telling me that I better, ha better have a jacket today. Uh, it's pretty darn successful, and I really do like it. And I would love for Wear OS to have that same sort of role. If, if anything, I thought that it took kind of a step backward because I really liked how um, I really liked how the initial release of it was very much focused on whenever you check your watch, you're we're not going to tie up more than five seconds of your time. We're going to give you we're going to correctly guess what information besides the time of day you might have been looking at your watch to mm -hmm. get and we're going to make sure that's already there waiting for you or if it, that's not it swipe once maybe twice and you'll be able to find it and we will be really really good at figuring out what it is what it is you you flick your your wrist for uh and i thought that maybe they've kind of lost sight of that um, if all they if if all Wear OS did was act as a wrist for NFC payments, fitness tracking, and also just access to Google Assistant, and they were really laser focused, it was really great at that. That could be that could get me excited if it got a little bit more focused like that. There's just so much I want to see come from Wear OS, and I decided that I'm just gonna I'm just gonna try and remain positive. Yep. I'm gonna try and remain posy. And so and, <laughs> as you see on the internet. And and I as I sometimes have to remind myself, if I don't upgrade my uh my Android Wear, now Wear OS watch this month, that's okay. <laughs> I, no, I it, can, re it, re it really is, yeah. Andy. It really is. Like we could wait a little bit. In fact, maybe we should wait a little bit because I have a feeling some very Google different things could be happening six yeah. months from now. Yeah, and if you say nothing of a year from now. If uh, again, the, the the great thing about not knowing of, of not having so many cards on the table for Fuchsia is that what if I have the same operating system, my watch, and my desktop, and my phone? What could, yeah. So 
I'll make it's so, quite but, nice. So if I keep so if I keep saving two hundred eighty dollars a year, like I'll finally have like fifteen hundred dollars to spend on a watch <laughs> by the time Fuchsia for wrists becomes available. Um, okay, so a uh, nice piece of new piece of news today kind of uh, <laughs> went wide. Uh, and as far as I can tell, so Google has uh, put out not a new version of Chrome, but a public document explaining how the new newer versions of Chrome they're proposing will handle ad blocking. And depending on your point of view, either they're totally screwing all Chrome users everywhere with this new idea, or they're helping them in a monumentally positive way. I think the jury's still a little bit out, but the people who have good reason to be worried about this, i.e. the people who create ad blockers are worried about it. Basically what they're doing is they're proposing a brand new API for this sort of thing. The existing system is essentially the uh, the ad blocker can be an entire filter on what goes into the browser and what comes out of the browser. So they the browser, it's Chrome, for lack of a more precise way of putting it, has no control over what the what the ad blocker allows the allows Chrome to display or refuses to allow Chrome to send back up uh, back upstream. Uh, Google is proposing a new API in which the ad blocker describes to Chrome the sort of content that should be filtered and then relies on Chrome to filter it. Uh, the argument that Google is making is that by not allowing this third-party piece of software to observe all traffic coming in and out, it's, it helps privacy and security. And also the fact that you don't have this third-party piece of software of uh, second guessing every mouse click and every navigation choice that the user makes uh this will be faster and you'll get better performance if it's the browser that's optimized to do this uh the natural rebuttal to this uh from makers of specifically adblock plus and uh, ghostry my two favorite ad blockers is that this you're, you're taking this thing where you're taking the power out of the hands of the ad blocker and the user and essentially i, I can say hi i, I i'm t the user has told me it never wants to see any herbal sexual remedy pills nor does it want its financial information to be sold on the market and chrome will then be able to say Thank you. We will take that under advisement, <laughs> and then possibly do whatever it wants. Um, they've uh, these uh, two makers have also pointed out that uh, this new system would not cause any problems. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. I got two names confused. Uh, AdBlock Plus is a is the ad blocker that is uh, very very friendly already for this new API. And that happens to be an ad blocker that Google is already working with very, very closely to make sure that their ad blocker doesn't necessarily block Google ads or at least make sure the Google ads are friendly enough to not trip any wires there. I'm sorry, I was the maker of uBlock who is uh, protesting against this. Uh, it's the one again, I use, exactly. ETDubs. Sorry about that. So I use I, I use uBlock, I use Ghostry, and unfortunately there's too too many IntelliCapped things that have the word block in them. My, my apologies there. Uh, but yeah, so uBlock are saying that, well, yeah, that would make our blocker just not work at all. Uh, the makers of Ghostry are, are so upset about it that they said that they're looking into filing an antitrust complaint saying that it is just not right for them to have the most popular browser in the world and also the most popular, uh, one of the most popular ad platforms and create a browser that makes it hard to, to screen against their own ads. Um, Google, I don't know if you call this backpedaling. 
But they added some statements after people were reacting this heavily to this, uh, saying that this is not it's not saying this is not a canary build of Chrome that we just released. This is just a document that we published explaining what we think we should do uh, for ad blocking in the future going forward. Uh, it said it's just a starter proposal, and they always intended to modify it and develop it as they go along. Uh, a Google spokesperson sp- spokesperson talked to Gizmodo and said, quote, we want to make sure all fundamental use cases are still possible with these changes and are working with extension developers to make sure their extensions continue to work. So that's a little bit more uh, clear than I was expecting. If they are saying that we are hoping that uBlock and Ghostry will still work exactly the way it has always worked, even under this new API, we want to make sure all fundamental use cases are still possible and make sure their extensions continue to work. It's not completely full of, free of fudge. They could say, well, the purpose of ad blockers is to block some ads, and this will definitely still block some ads. So what are you complaining about? But if they, I don't see how anybody could really complain if it was, right. you know, it's, um, yeah, it's, I would really, really worry if I did not have the ability to control all the information flowing into and out of my browser. And this is the reason why I would switch to Firefox if suddenly uh, a year from now, it was just not possible for me to control that flow of information. In any in any event, I can't believe that in this current social and political climate, Google would do something to limit privacy controls on Chrome, as opposed to working very, very, being at least outwardly very, very eager to help uBlock and to help uh, Ghostry to say, now, we don't think that, we think that most people are kind of tripped up by ad blocking and because it stops certain features of certain sites from working. So that's why we're not putting these aggressive ad blockers inside our own browser. But however, we're very, very, we're working very, very closely to make sure that any user who wants a tool like uBlock will have all those features available to them, uh, despite whatever things that they might do to, I don't know, attack liberty and freedom and expression of religion i don't know what I, i'm not sure i just about. i i just don't want all these takeover ads to like ruin my web experience it's already like i understand the web is kind of a free thing ish <laughs> should be should be free yes um should be neutralized but anyway <laughs> <laughs> that's okay uh, I'm gonna, i'll start i'll start my own zine <laughs> I can go down to Kinko's and print my own two-sided fold. We're going back. Staple. We're going back. Everything old is new again. Remember, it's like actually 1999, not 2019. Uh, but seriously, but seriously, folks, <laughs> uh, might have to start changing my browser habits if this becomes a thing. Just like you, Andy, might have to. Who knows? And you know, if I were Mozilla, I would just be planning my campaign right now around this. <laughs> yeah. my marketing campaign. <laughs> I, I would be sending like you know, the uh, Valentine's Day is coming up. Send the big like that two foot mm. wide bo- heart shaped box of candy to Tim Cook, saying next time you want to say something about privacy, okay, we would love to be on that podium as well. See that cute little fox? <laughs> it's very cuddleable. Oh, fennec fox word, with his but... little fluffy ears. I don't. I just yeah. Just leave you block alone. We yeah. need it. <laughs> And I just told people to download it for their Chromebooks. <laughs> now yeah. it's going to be me. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Well, no, on, on, on the plus side, now you get to write and get paid for a follow-up article. 
So maybe Google is just looking out for us. The maybe <laughs> the tech maybe. writers. Why you sh- why you can't use an ad blocker on Chrome? Just yeah. kidding. Let's not put that out in the world. I'm not putting that out there. <laughs> no, 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 no. But yeah, so uh, I do hope that it leads to people getting more educated on how big this struggle is. Like I said, I, I we don't we don't know exactly where uh, Google intends to go with this as a final proposal or as a final feature for Chrome. I certainly think that a lot of the stuff that's being written today is kind of over the top. Uh, about declaring that Google is trying is actively now trying to defeat all ad blockers when they've just made a proposal that definitely merits a lot of att- attention and a lot of very very sharp questioning at this point. Uh, but uh, the the more people uh, who understand how big this problem is and who understand that there are always alternatives such as other browsers or even other operating systems that allow them to have full control over everything that comes in and out of their house, everything that comes in and out of their computers, everything that comes in and out of their browser windows, the better off I think we'll all be. Yeah. 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 A uh, couple of quickies before we mm-hmm. end. Uh, uh, let's quickly uh, Google just some got little fun. quick, qu- some little quickly, quickly. Qu- okay, sorry. Yeah, I, I see, tried uh, really hard to make that cute, and it just <laughs> and died it on me. No, that was still pretty adorable. <laughs> no, my uh, tongue just came and ruined it all. <laughs> it, was, it was like a kitten who, who tripped over a ball of yarn that it was chasing, even though it yes. wasn't perfect. It was still adorable. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Yeah, so uh, I I had a situation this month where like a pair of boots, a four hundred dollar pair of boots that I've been having my eye on for about a year, like was discounted all the way to like two hundred and twenty dollars. I'm like, ooh, I should buy them now, but let's make sure I complete like this month's bill cycle before like I uh, to make sure I don't have to dip into savings. And I, I'm wondering if Google is in the same position now because here they went spent forty million dollars for fossil technology, and what do you know? Of course, that's the month they get fined fifty six point eight million dollars by a French government agency uh, yes, for violating these new GDPR rules. <laughs> um, the same, and it seems to be a simple case of not oh here's the latest piece of malfeasance that Google has done. It's more like like as soon as the GDPR became went into effect, this agency started investigating. In Google, and they found a lot of language uh, in, in Google's like user-facing interface that was not in compliance with GDPR yet. Uh, so they're being the, the the fine and the scale of the fine is due to a lack of transparency. Uh, they're basically saying that the sign up sh- the sign up uh, text that the users are shown don't explain clearly enough how much information is going to be collected or what it can be used for, uh, and also that Google doesn't have the legal basis to process personal data to customize ads mm-hmm. because uh, the information that they're supposed to post on how information that they collect gets processed is spread across several documents. And according to this French agency, that means that people are not going to be able to assimilate all of this at once. Uh, It's Mm -hmm. not possible to be aware of the plurality of services, websites, and applications involved in these processing operations, and therefore of the amount of data processed and combines. So it does sound like the sort of thing where if if Google bought some pizza for some of their like tech writers and had them spend like an afternoon rewriting stuff, and they had them do it like before this investigation started, then they might have been able to avoid this. So this is this is as opposed to finding out that they did this one horrible thing they really shouldn't have done. It's more like there was a way that was totally legal before this date, and after this date, it became something you could be fined $56 million for, as opposed to maybe a couple hundred thousand dollars for. Uh, so, okay, that's, that's again, uh, that's... 
That's why you don't buy the leather boots until you make sure that <laughs> all the bills are paid for and that the, that noise that your car has been making does not mean that it's going to need yeah. a, new, a new yeah. muffler. Uh, but the more interesting thing I want to end on is that uh, XDA developers somehow got their hand on a build of uh, Android Q, which right. has not really been. It's not. It's not in. Uh, it's not in the developer channel yet. It's not anywhere yet. They're being. They haven't even hinted at how they got their hands on it, uh, even to spice up with their coverages. Uh, but they they have they have a build that's uh, they have running on their Pixel one of their Pixel threes. Uh, they posted a really good video and really good rundown. Uh, and uh, part of really comes down to they have. It looks like Google is really doubling down on privacy and security because so many of like these top-level features they can already see have to do to making sure that app permissions are not only easier to for the user to understand, but also much easier to control. So on one level, they've just reorganized uh, the privacy panel so that they just see for camera, here's a list of apps that are allowed access to the camera. Here's a list of apps that are denied access to the camera instead of having, you know, each one has a switch on, off, on, off, on, off. Uh, and also when you try to drill down on what an app does the app developer can add text that will user will see was like here's why we want access to your calendar and here's what we will do with that information uh and then it's very very easy to make a choice uh pro and con based on that stuff uh but one of the really a couple of the really cool things is that uh they've added a brand new permission option which is uh, to instead of just uh, allow or deny allow deny and now also allow only when the app is in use so, for instance, if you're uh, if you've got like a weather widget going on uh, or weather app, it will use it'll access your location when you activate the app and ask for the weather. But it won't be able to sit in the background and constantly track your location and match it up to Wi-Fi hotspots that it can see or sell and cell towers and then package that data to a company that produces heat maps of where <laughs> of uh, correlating physical addresses with cell towers and with Wi-Fi hotspots, that sort of stuff. Also, also draining down your battery. Um, they've also added a menu bar notification so that when an app is using location or the camera or the microphone, you don't just get this little dinga, dingus on the menu bar that says, hey, look, there's a there's a location dingus. It will also like have a number next to it to show you how many apps are using it. And if you oh, tap it, and if you tap it, it'll show you which apps are using it right now. You can also drill down oh into, gosh, into preps. And well, yeah, and you also get, get, a, get a report of here are the services that are being used the most. <laughs> As you can say that, wow, something has been accessing location like 83 times today. And then we'll show you here's a list of apps in pre in order of use, how often it's using the microphone, how often it's using this or that. Mm -hmm. So it's going to get really, really easy. Well, the microphone one is going is yeah. to send me in for yeah. uh, the microphone one, I think, is the one that's going to make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know, I mean. It's gotta, th these these companies are going to have to be so explicit now because may, maybe I need the, to know who well, is yeah, listening no, exactly. to me to advertise stuff to me. But, I want to know because it it's it it everything is way too coincidental. You can't just tell me there's like a network of angels doing all right, that work. Right. <laughs> but but I mean it's, it's it's amazing that companies haven't been like this forthright just on their own. Now you have to mm -hmm. say that 
like, okay, I know it sounds creepy. We're asking for access to the microphone. Here's what we're doing. You know, our line of our line of uh, smart uh, smart home toasters. Uh, we noticed that a lot of people were having problems, like getting it connected to the to the Wi-Fi. So what happens is that the phone makes this. That we we tell the we tell the toaster when you when you hold down and press that button, the toaster makes an ultrasonic noise that only the phone can hear and transmit. Ah, it's like this is our future, people. Yeah. But it's but it's just important that people have access to that information so that these things aren't so mysterious. Um, one mm-hmm. other thing I really liked, and by, and by the way, again, this is not an official release. This is not an official build. Uh, the first developer preview of Android P last year was in the first week of March. So if they hold to that kind of schedule, we still we still have nearly uh, like a month and a half to, to two months before Android is even considering the first developer preview. I thought preview. we had a little more time, but... You know, and, 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 it's and all we, snuck up on us, and, and we could we could have more time than that. We don't know. Uh, it's also but, very true. But the but there's some one of the cool things is that uh, now there is uh, in uh, quick settings uh, there is now an all sensors off button. So that you used to airplane modes. Okay, fine. We'll turn mm, off this yes. rail. All sensors off means nope. We also we're also going to turn off GPS. We're going to turn off the accelerometer. We're going to turn off every single sensor that's on this device, which. Uh, <laughs> The, I like it. I, yeah. I like it too. XDA was uh, has defined what we have to call this from now on. They called it tinfoil hat mode, where if you just want to say I don't even care, I don't even want to think about it. Turn off every single sensor to make sure that there is nothing that's I'll being collected off this that I don't know about right now, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, I'll take it. Yeah, and uh, just to round things off, a built-in uh, system-wide dark mode. Okay, fine. Thank that's, goodness. That's nice. So you you love dark mode. Yeah, because I'm a because I'm a headache prone person. Oh, okay. Or at least I am in, in right now in this decade of life. Uh, <laughs> I heard that apparently this stops when you enter your forties. Uh, <laughs> this is what people try, you know. Tell nope, I, nope. I, you know, I appreciate the advice. But for now, um, I like things dark. I like screens yellow hued. <laughs> I like to read with the white text on the black background. That's where we're at now. I'm I'm still kind of on the fence on whether upper and lower case in a display is a good idea. I mean, the Apple mm. II, I had no problem with it. Uh, mm-hmm. It's I don't know why mm-hmm. everyone needs to have a new display technology every fifty years. Yeah, uh, but uh, the other kind of cool thing uh, there, they found XDA found a developer setting called quote forced desktop mode. So if you go into yeah, developer that was settings, the thing I had no idea what to say about. Yeah, it's <laughs> when they I said something about it. Yeah, they they don't know what they didn't know what to say about it either. Uh, it currently does nothing, but it is there in the developer settings that would make you speculate that there's going to be a mode where if you plug in, just like with uh, some Samsung phones, if you plug mm-hmm. in, if it's plugged into a large to an HD buying display, you can actually have it. It will switch to something kind of like a Chrome OS looking chromebook looking sort of thing or it could be just they wanted to see if, if you want to see if you developers if you want to see like if your apps will crash if they if it accidentally mm-hmm. goes into this mode i don't know but it's it's interesting i mean this is another reason why google io is going to be pretty good this year mm-hmm. between uh, what seems like meaningful changes to android that directly address so many things that google seems to be getting a lot of heat for to Fuchsia more and more becoming a real thing, to Wear OS, which is by no means a failure. It's selling in the millions. I think the numbers that I saw last week were um, maybe a half to a third 
of Apple Watch sales, uh, which is pretty damn nice. It's just mm-hmm. not – and considering that that's uh, spread out amongst multiple multiple manufacturers uh, and when you add on – I'm sorry, that's uh, – that's when you combine Android powered watches with Wear OS powered watches, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but that's still not bad. But the mean, but clearly Google is trying to th- find a way to kick themselves into uh, something other than a "Hi, we're the Michael Kors fake diamonds or real diamonds pasted on <laughs> smartwatch alternative." Uh, so it's going to be pretty Pave cool stuff. diamonds. <laughs> yes, <laughs> genuine, <laughs> genuine diamonds. Pave. <laughs> From the Joan Rivers collection on QVC. Aw, rest in peace. <laughs> Be the first <sighs> first piece that she's experienced since nineteen sixty one, I think. Certainly since she got snubbed from the Tonight Show mm-hmm. to hear her say it. Mm-hmm. God love her. God mm-hmm. love her. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you think that's it for this week? I think that's it for this week. I feel like it was actually a pretty news packed week. And but it's one of those weeks where you can't really do a lot of analysis other than your own editorial, you know, your own thoughts on the situation. Mm. Um, And I think it's just kind of sets the stage like we've already had a pretty busy 2019 in terms of what Google's doing. CES brought in some new announcements and some new like trajectories. And then we have like all these little announcements being made through blog posts and things. So I think we're going to have a very busy year. And I'm just kind of looking forward to this business taking more shape because I kind of feel like the last two years we've been watching Google organize itself. And now it's kind of like, all right, we're in in a bunch of households and like, this is it. Now we got to get people to adopt more of the ecosystem. Yeah. I I have to say that uh, I do I do an Apple podcast every week. I do this Google podcast every week. And in terms of <laughs> in terms of interesting things to talk about, meaning more things, that are, more balls that are in motion, more mm-hmm. sands that are shifting, mm-hmm. uh, and let's also say a, a lot of a lot more mistakes of a scale that uh, even Apple can barely cover up, let alone Google. <laughs> it's a much more. It's a. It's oh. It's almost always an interesting week to talk about things, and we such an interesting week. We didn't even get to talk about Samsung's eighteen. Hundred dollar <laughs> new phone. I'm still having a hard time believing that's real. By the way, at this yeah, point. that's why that's why I deleted it. I just like the idea of talking about an eighteen hundred dollar phone that's again not covered with diamels. It hasn't been signed by all four Beatles, including the two dead ones. Uh, that would that would justify eighteen hundred dollars. You could get John Lennon's and uh, George Harrison's signature on it. <laughs> God. Uh, I'm not. I'm not saying anything ghoulish. I'm saying that you would buy no, like a. I know. I'm you would like. You, you would about like. You like how... spend like five thousand dollars for like an autographed album, like "Love Me Do." You'd find a way to like molecularly remove the ink from the album cover and transfer it to the case of the phone. And of course, you'd have to buy one of these albums for every one of those phones you intend to ship because it's not just a printed sort of thing. Then I could just say saying, it sounds like a Futurama gimmick. Actually, it sounds like an interesting business. I I wonder if you could actually make money with that. If you could say, <laughs> nobody take our idea, <laughs> Mickey. Man- you can no longer have you. You you can't have Mickey Mantle sign the dashboard of your car, but you can you can you can take the baseball he signed for free for some lucky kid in 1953. 
rip it out of that little kid's hands, rip the ink off of that beautiful gesture of fan support and put it on your $500,000 car. I, I think we would find some money for that. I think I think it's worth at least drawing up a proposal for that. Oh, oh I missed my calling. I could, I, I, I could, you know, if I'd run the fire festival, we would have actually had bands yeah. and places for people to, to yeah. sleep. Yeah, yeah. I'm that big of an idea, man. <laughs> uh, well, that's it for this week. Thank you so much, everybody, for for listening. Uh, as always, go to relay.fm slash material for links to about this show uh, that we've been the stories we've been talking about. Uh, also, if you want to send us feedback, there's an email address you can use over there, or you can attract our attention by tweeting at us. We uh, read at, it <laughs> at Swirly A Material Podcast. And someday we'll be updating that page. Andy and I have been talking about it. It's just you know. But we do, it takes us like 12 weeks before but we, we... Do, but we do definitely always see it when people tweet at us. Uh, you can also tweet directly at our accounts. I'm a not go on Twitter. Uh, and Flo, you're still oh that flow on Twitter? I'm still oh that flow. I'm still oh that flow. And just so everybody knows, uh, I haven't watched the Hulu Fire documentary. I probably won't. But I did watch the Netflix one. And well, if, you, if you're looking for something to be angry about tonight... Mm. We also we're also indebted to the Germans for creating such a wonderful word as Schadenfreude, mm-hmm. because it's mm-hmm. it almost it almost seems as though it's been like lying in, in a glass box with a little silver hammer next to it, saying, "In case of fire, of- documentary, break this glass." <laughs> 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 you'll, uh, fi- you'll find you'll find a coke and a bar and a bucket of popcorn <laughs> with which to watch this documentary mm-hmm. of lots of people that in a non-positive way you'll be thinking i'm so much smarter than all those people <laughs> god that's what we're leaving you with this week <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I, 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 okay, I will ego, I will egotistically say that not only would I not be trying to put on a music festival on like four months or five months notice, I would not also agree to if take, I will not share, I will not tell you what the biggest disaster I've ever been responsible for in my life. But if you were to call me or instant message me and say, hi, we're making a documentary about remember that thing that you still haven't really lived down yet, the biggest screw up you're responsible for, we would love to have you on camera to talk about it. And I would say, Thank you for asking. I don't think I would like to do that, but I wish nope. you well. So I definitely, I'm definitely smarter than at least the architect of this festival. Anyway, thank you so much for listening this week. Hope you listen again next week. Until then, have a wonderful seven days, everybody. Bye.